Welcome, Thorpe. This is Sarah the best part two of what? Rosh Hashanah without Shifer, beginning without Shifer, ushering in such an amazing year. Okay, so part two. Our whole question is about our visibility. We said at the beginning, if you heard, you know, once upon a time, you didn't post photos of all your pancakes, and now you have to. You're sort of on stage all the time. There's tremendous social pressure. So we're all struggling with our visibility, etc., and what it has to do with Rosh Hashanah and the Shifer. You have to listen to part one, if you don't mind. And we left ourselves on a cliffhanger of, so one second, all of the incredible accomplishments. And this is really the question of the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab says, a year comes along, and we can't blow Shifer because it's Shabbos. But if you really said, if you really knew what Schaefer accomplishes, new with a K-N-E-W, new. What do I mean by new? We'll see in a second. If you really knew, then you would really wonder, wait a minute, what's going on? To the extent that it's such a powerful question that the Rebbe Rashab, the Fisla Babacha Rebbe, wrote his treatise, Tafres Samachlav, which is a few hundred pages long, called Yontav Shal Rosh Hashanah It's all about when Rosh Hashanah begins on Shabbos, and so it's just a several hundred page <laughs> explanation. Very simple, you know, not a one, not a two page pamphlet. It's a several hundred page deep <laughs> Hasidic, <laughs> what's the word, explanation of why and when and what is Malchus and what is truth and who are you? Who are you? I don't mean who are you. Who exactly is God? Who are you? What is Tyro? What is truth? What is reality? What is visibility? What is desire? What is kingship? What is a new year? What is Rosh Hashanah? It's all in there. And when he wrote that work, it changed all of reality. Just by the way, the Lubavitcher Rebbe was born, seventh, right, in 1902. 1906, was after his upshirnish, after the Rebbe's upshirnish. Uh, or before, maybe before, right, the year before, uh, two and five, I have to do my math, I think, after the Rebbe's upshirnish. And the world moved to a completely different level. And now that the world moved to a completely different level with the Rebbe's upshirnish at age three, now the world, once the Rebbe had hachnasa l'cheder and was began to learn Tyra officially, so did the entire world. So did all of history. So did the generation. Everybody finally started to learn Tyra. What do you mean learn Tyra? Get to know truth. Get to know truth? Yeah. The truth we knew until then was kind of baby truth, kids' truth, lower level. But the world was catapulted up to the point where it could now understand truth. And, and truth comes through understanding the malchus, the kingship of Hashem. Amazing, that's exactly what we're dealing with on Rosh Hashanah. The Malchus of Hashem, the kingship of Hashem. So here we go. So what's the answer? As the Rebbe Rashab said, what? We're not going to blow Shifer this year? Knowing? Learn my treatise. Learn my Hemshech Tafresh Samasvav for several, several hundred pages. And you will understand why, oh my goodness. It's all about Hashem being king and what that means and the kingship and the shifer doing it. So how can we not blow that shifer? 
especially for that. Just because of that guy who by mistake carried, tell him to stay home. <laughs> Lock him up in his house. I don't know. Let the cipher be blown and accomplish what it has to do in the world, in all of history, past, present, and future. Just Somebody just go to this guy's house and, you know, babysit for him for a while and just make sure he doesn't leave the house. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But here's the answer. Try to, here's the answer in my simplistic understanding. When you stand in front of the king, there's a rule. You're not allowed to lift your hand, scratch your eyebrow. You know, what, what if, what if, what if your eyebrow is itchy? Are you allowed to stand, when you stand in front of the king, are you allowed to lift your hand, scratch your back, you know? No. Number one, he's the king. And anybody who moves or blinks or anything, there's a certain consequence if he stands in front, if he's doing that in front of the king. But it's, but that makes the king sound like a very mean guy. Well, really, here we're talking about Hashem. Rather, it's a it's a, a, a deeper explanation, a deeper understanding. That when you're standing in front of the king, if you're really sensing that you're in front of the king, you cease to exist. It's not that you're not allowed to scratch your elbow, but rather that you become frozen in space. You lose a sense of self and you become and you melt into the sense of the king. So you what it's not again, it's not that you can't raise your hand, you you're you're frozen in space. And that's why on Shabbos when we're in the presence of the king, we don't do malachas because malachas are the movement to create. But on Shabbos, when we're standing in the presence of the king, we experience, hopefully, what's available to us is, this is the king. I become frozen in space. I become, I lose myself in the presence of the king. So there are two ways of doing it, though. There's this classical Levita called Bittel. Bittel is, I nullify myself to the king. Was always good, you know, throughout all the Jewish history. Bittel to the king. Bittel to Hashem. Melech Malchem Lachem. Kaddish Baruch Nullification to the king. Don't move. Don't breathe. Don't blink. You know, sometimes you go for those kind of tests, medical tests, where, you know, and they say, don't breathe, x-ray or something. They say, okay, don't move. Don't breathe. Like, how can I not breathe? You know? <laughs> so, don't breathe. Don't move. So the two the classical kind of bittle to the king is, I do sense there's a me, I exist, but I was told not to move because after all I'm in the presence of the king. So I don't move. I don't express anything. It, I do whatever the king says because I, I, was created to serve the king. I am in the presence of the king. I will not move. That's what the king said. Don't move. It's about me, not you. It's a tough avaita, by the way. I mean, it's what we were became good at all through history. People gave their lives al Kiddush Hashem doing that. But let's just say with the advent of Chassidus, Baal Shem Tov, the, the Alter Rebbe, etc., and each, each, each succeeding Rebbe who brought us deeper and deeper and deeper into a deeper understanding of Hashem and deeper understanding of truth and deeper understanding of who we are and what we how big we can be and what we can accomplish. What became available was a, a, an Advaita that was only for great tzaddikim, 
and now it became available for everyone. And that Avaita is not I do bittle to the king. I sense that I'm standing in front of the king, so I give myself over to the king. But rather, I don't sense my existence. All I notice is the king. There's a me? Oh, I didn't know. Oops. That's the difference between Anina Vresa Lashamashaskhani. I was created to do what? Of course, I was create I was created to serve my maker. I know I was created. I'm here. Of course I should just serve my maker. There's a higher level, which is Anila Nivresi Elishamashaskhani. I was not created other than to serve my maker. So then who's here? There's no here there's no one home. There's no one here. So who's standing in my who's sitting in my chair? Service of my maker. Service of God. The higher level. It's the higher level of consciousness that there's no consciousness. All I am aware of is the king. I kind of lose my sense of self. I become absorbed into the king and I lose my sense of self. That used to be for very great tzaddikim, not for regular people. Not for the guy who forgot that his Shabbos and trying to, you know, carrying a shaykh. It wasn't available to simple people. And now it is. I become absorbed in the presence of the king. So let me give you a quick example. So it seems that in 1979, Reb Zusha Rifkin went to the Rebbe and said he wants to build a home, home for the Rebbe in Eretz Israel. He wants to bring, and he wants to build a home for Mashiach in, in Israel, obviously. And it seems that the Rebbe answered, and there were written recordings, and all kinds. The Rebbe said, a home, a house, a palace. Became a very um, a very dynamic um, interaction about this, etc. And so at some point, Rebbe Zusha um, went to an architect and said, I need architectural plans. The Rebbe said, this is an important thing. Right now, not exactly the time. But we're getting there. But he was given perhaps directive permission to have plans. If you're going to build something, you have to draw up architectural plans. Hire an architect. So he went to a really good architect, Zusha, and he said, this is what I want. I want the top architectural plans for this, this kind of a building. The best. It was an unusual request. He never... <laughs> The architect said, okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put some effort into it. It'll take me, obviously, a number of weeks, but okay, sure. It was a very holy project, directive of the Rebbe. So that, the, the architect said, I walked into my office. I was about to go to sleep, you know, and before I went to sleep that evening, I said, you know, I got a job. Let me, let me just start. So he walked into his office and said, I'll sit down and, you know, I'll do a couple of minutes of drawing with my pencil on, on the sketching paper. And um, then I'll continue over the next few weeks. And he said, I sat down and I put the pencil to the paper. And I guess with architects, there's a lot of erasing. You know, you start to draw and then you realize, no, no, that's not going to work. So you erase and then you redraw and then you erase and you redraw and you, you know, forward, backwards, forward, backwards. And he said, I don't know. I, Interesting. I put my pencil to the paper, and it, it was just moving. It was moving, and it was moving really fast. <laughs> and, and and there was no erasing. It's just moving. Almost, it's moving effortlessly. My paper. 
my, my pencil on the paper, my plan. And the time is flying, and I'm not aware of it. Remember, I was just going to sit down for a few minutes before I go to sleep and start it. But it's just kind of flying, and I'm not aware of the time. Time is kind of flying by. And after a number of hours, it's morning time. It's morning time. I guess I was up the whole night. I didn't even notice. I was drawing without erasing. And in the morning, the entire plan was ready from start to finish. And I brought the plans to Ribzusha and said, well, it's done. And Ribzusha was like, what? What? You said it would be several weeks. He said, yeah. And they became powerfully aware that it wasn't wasn't his pencil that was doing it. Of course, you have to be, if it were done by a plumber, it would have been totally miraculous. It was done by an architect. (laughs) That's what he does. But he could tell it was not him drawing. The pencil was moving through him, not by him. So, and they understood. This was, this was something that was very dear to the heart of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe moved the pencil at lightning speed and just got the whole thing done. And he was, and the architect had to keep himself out of the way to let it happen through him so that it should be channeled through him. So that's the closest I can imagine to experiencing, it's not about me, it's the king. I forget about myself. Because remember, he forgot about himself. He forgot to eat and drink and all that, and he didn't realize the time, and he should have gone to sleep, and he forgot about it all because he was just being directed by the king. And all he noticed was the king and what the king wants of him. And he just became a conduit. Avram Avinu was a conduit. Different sending him were a conduit. Did you ever think you could be a conduit? And yet, the Avaida of Rosh Hashanah, when it comes out on Shabbos, is that you become a conduit. You become elevated to the level And the world becomes elevated to the level where we don't just have to nullify ourselves in the presence of the king. But we actually become capable of experiencing the king rather than ourselves. So that there's no one, we don't sense that there's someone who has to nullify himself because we don't sense the someone. Someone happens to be me. And we don't sense him. All we sense is, the king wants this, we do it. The king wants that, we do it. Whatever the king wants, we do it. We're only noticing the king. I was not created other than to serve my maker. I don't feel my creation. I don't feel myself. All I feel is my maker, my creator, God Almighty. And whatever he wants. And that all becomes available on the day when Shifer needs to be blown because it arouses in Hashem that intense desire to be king over this world for another year, for an entirely brand new year. But we don't blow Shifer. It's a much higher frequency of blowing Shifer. In fact, Tyra really says and implies 
the cipher does get blown of itself. Because let's face it, basic facts in the world are basics, staples in the world. What are the staples of the world? Some people say it's bread, milk, and eggs. All right. But there are deeper staples in the world. That's God, Hashem, Malchus, his kingship, the Yidden, the Jewish people, the world, his desire to be king, time and space, his desire to be king for another year, and the Shifer, which activates the whole thing. These are all staples in the world. These are all basics in the world. So nothing's going to stand in the way of that interrelationship between all of them. Nothing. That means by hook or by crook, that cipher is going to be blown at the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And that's why in the base of Mibish it was blown, which is a whole other explanation why. But, oh my gosh, rats just ran through here. Hold on one sec. Okay, now, uh, we're going back to the recording. Um, either, either we edit this out, or what happened is sitting in a place in Brooklyn, New York, and two rats just ran right past um, in the backyard. Pretty, pretty, pretty scary. But I can either edit it out or I can bring it into the experience of the explanation. So the explanation is the following. <laughs> when, quite honestly, when that happens, you're not thinking, right? Obviously, when you heard me scream, you're not thinking, you're not thinking, oh my goodness, as a rat, I think I'd better stand up and move to a different location. But rather, you lose yourself in the experience. And you have no sense of self. You just have a sense of, those things are running right past my feet. You literally, <laughs> I did literally have that experience of, I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't thinking about you know, does this match that, etc. Oh, here they come again. I wasn't thinking about that, but rather just lost in that experience. Okay, so to 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 pull it all together after this dramatic, unplanned <laughs> scenario that. Uh, um, explains things or illustrates things in a very graphic way. You know, maybe you were falling asleep and wondering, what in the world is she talking about, about losing yourself in the presence of something, <laughs> in the presence of the king, meaning losing your your sense of self in the presence of something bigger than you. So now we know, <laughs> now we know that it can happen when we have experiences that are so uh, startling and much bigger than what we're used to that we just lose our sense of self. I mean, what kind of a normal person would make a recording and then shriek in the middle of it? So that means there's a sense of you forget yourself and all you experience is what's going on at the moment. So perfect. That's what we're talking about. That's what the Rebbe Rashab is talking about. 
I'm aware, either the lower level, I'm aware of myself and I nullify myself to something bigger. You know, like I don't think about, I try not to think, consider myself and I just think about the bigger thing. Or number two, all I notice is the bigger thing. That's all I notice. I don't even notice myself. When it comes to the king, all I notice is the presence of the king, Melech Malchai Amlachim Akadosh Baruch And I don't, I've lost my sense of self. But wait, don't get scared. So does that mean no more self? But understanding that, that being sensitive to that concept. Now let's take it to realizing that's what happens when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos. As we, oh, we said before. The Shaifer, Hashem, truth, Taira, Hashem's desire to be king, Malchus, all of that. It is one piece. It cannot be separated. That Shaifer is being blown, even on Shabbos, but not by us. The Shaifer, so to speak, is blown of itself. And you have to be on the frequency to be able to hear it. But the Shaifer is there. Because it's an integral part of all of creation and of the whole master plan of Geula. So it's happening. But not through us, who have to nullify ourselves to blow Shaifer. Because when, by the way, all the things that happen in us, when we hear the Shaifer, that's a whole other discussion for a whole other lecture. But of course we know when we blow the Shaifer, we nullify ourselves to Hashem. That one's not happening. Rosh Hashanah is starting like, it's going on, but bigger than my nullification. Because that's a small N nullification. This year we're going for the big N nullification. Now, let's go back. So that's what happens when Rosh Hashanah starts on Shabbos. Now, here's the question. So, how do I do all this stuff? And then what happens to my freedom? What happens to my all of my accomplishments and all the things I want to do? And, you know, that means I do nothing all day, all, all, all year? You know, chocolates, eating chocolates all year, sitting on the couch? What, what, what am I supposed to be doing? And isn't that kind of constricting and kind of, um, you know, makes me feel kind of like a slave, like I don't exist? So the answer is that when we, can melt into the bigger experience. Because remember that architect that worked for Reb Zusha. How do you think he felt that whole night when he was doing those plans? Did he feel like a slave? Did he feel... Just put yourself in his shoes. He clearly felt amazing. Amazing. He was creating. He was producing. He was flowing. He was bigger than himself. He was bigger than all of his problems and all of his stuff and all of his struggles. He didn't have to erase. He didn't have to go back and doubt it and wonder, did I write, did I make the right line in the right place? It flowed. And in an expansive, creative, joyous way. He didn't become a smaller person, you know, has to nullify himself. He became giant. The size of the king and the king is infinite. So he became infinite in those hours. Infinitely creative, infinitely joyous, infinitely expansive, infinitely emotionally healthy, etc. That is what becomes available to us this year when Rosh Hashanah starts on Shabbos. We can finally relax. 
thank God, God gives us a break this year. We can relax and we can become the channel, the ones who channel. And we can, everything that I just said, melt into the infinity, the joy, the creativity, the expansiveness, the, the sense of freedom. I'm no longer stuck in all my stuff. I can expand into an infinitely, not just a bigger me, an infinitely bigger me. It's amazing. It's freeing. I no longer have to worry, you know, what are they going to say about my pancakes on Instagram? So the question is, will I still post pictures? Maybe. Will I still, what will I be doing this year? Nothing? Are you kidding? Everything but not from a draggy, obligatory sense of self, of my stuff and me and my hang-ups. And not doesn't have to come from that place anymore. It, will, it can come from that expansive, infinite place of the king. And I can devote myself to, instead of like all the, all the stuff that's dragging me down, I can finally relax. Take a break this year and melt into whatever the king wants of me and become his conduit. Breathe that one in for a minute. You know, as they say in those workshops, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe it in. I have the ability to become that this year. Everyone has that ability. Hashem wants every one of us to be that. He needs us to expand, to become infinite, to become one with him, to do big things, to do geula things, to finally get beyond all the insanity of the world. The insanity is just that we see in the world now, the increasing insanity is simply a, a precursor to an infinite truth and joy and expansiveness and geula. It's a precursor in a, a, a hallway into, a corridor leading into this expansiveness. And the last point is because we're coming from Shnaz Hakel, where we went through really some very powerful, a very powerful year. And we were told the other day, we were going to go from all of us being same together to each of us being able to do in our unique way what our unique shlichus and mission is. And that requires expansion and relaxation and warmth and security and support. The ultimate support of the one who's empowering us to do all of this and to do as well. And that is Melech Malchi Amlachim HaKadosh Baruch Hashem Himself all activated, and all of this relationship between us and that potential, and Hashem, and getting Hashem to be king, is all activated through Mashiach to king, Melech Mashiach. And from that, and from this year, Malchus becomes real. Hashem's Malchus becomes real. Mashiach's Malchus becomes real. Our Malchus becomes real. Our leadership becomes real. We step into our real selves, so that Mashiach can step into his real self. So that Hashem himself 
can finally actualize his real self in this world, in the Beit HaMikdash Shlishi, this year, as Rosh Hashanah starts on Shabbos, so that it leads to Vayam HaHu, Yitaka B'Shaifer Gadol. On that day, the Shaifer Gadol will blow itself. If we won't blow it, the Shaifer Gadol will blow. It will, be, will blow itself. And all the exiles and everybody scattered, with all our scattered thoughts, we can't even remember from minute to minute where we put our keys, all that scatteredness will be gathered, all the scattered ones will be gathered all together to the Elam Lucha, to the place of peace, the place where Hashem chooses to be, the place of peace and completion and wholeness and Geula. And we say, Hashem, give us that ultimate Shana Taiva Masukha, Ksilachsimataiva. We all want to be inscribed, the entire world, for a year of beauty, peace, goodness, expansiveness, you name it, a year of Geula. to everybody, and we find ourselves together now in the base of English